the United States of America, home of the brave. A place that is filled with different cultures, diversity, beautiful scenery, a place I call home. But one thing many people may not know about the USA is the artisans, craftsmen, and women, photographers, musicians, creatives, makers of all sorts that come with this beautiful country. Many people tend to buy products from major online retailers that they forget about the make that is happening right here in America. From the Industrial Revolution and even prior to that time period, America has continued to build its economy through makers, and there are thousands of them. America has makers that forge steel to make knives and axes, sew skirts, hats, and handbags with materials of all sorts, paint and capture visuals that are forever in your home and carried in your heart, share stories through music and writings, make special treats and refreshing beverages, and much more. Join me through the journey through the lives of makers across our country to hear how they get down with their craft. I'm Kristen Vermeule, and this is Makers of the USA. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Makers of the USA main series. The next maker I have lined up for this episode is Chef Tara Canaday with Pot and Pan. Now, keep in mind, I recorded this episode when Pot and Pan first launched their collection. They have grown so much since then. They have more products, events, and so much more. I can't wait to see where they go next. Pot and Pan is much more than a delivery mechanism for THC. Their edibles are delicious. Chef developed culinary wonders. You can proudly share these treats with loved ones of any cannabis experience level. With a scientifically tested and accurate range of potencies, folks can choose their ideal dose and enjoy an entire edible. I've never had an edible before and Tara provided me with the best information to keep me comfortable and safe before diving into my first bite. I highly enjoyed the Key Lime Gummy Bunt as my first ever edible. Chef Tara graduated from culinary school in Cambridge and has worked in some of the best restaurants. She ran two acclaimed businesses and now leads Pot and Pan's edibles with inquisitive and playful approach. Her creations pair nostalgic flavors with delightful surprises. They have surprising contrasts in aroma, texture, taste, color, temperature that invite you to stop and take note to relive a happy moment or sear the present one into your consciousness. Now, let's get to it. Let's talk craft, the craft of cannabis edibles with Chef Tara Canaday. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Makers of Maine series of the Makers of the USA podcast. I have the lovely Tara Canaday with us today from Pot and Pan. Thank you so much, Tara, for being on the podcast. Right now, we are sitting in the midst of their facility here right next to Allagash Brewery. Like I kind of call it Allagash Way. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it Brewery is. Way. Right, exactly. <laughs> but now there's a cannabis that's a part of it too, which I think is so awesome. So please tell us, Tara, what is your craft and what inspired you to start it? So I am a pastry chef, um, classically trained. I, gosh, I've been in food now for 13 or 14 years. Wow. It's been a long time. It's a long time though. I will say I've been cooking and baking since I was very little. I grew up on a farm in Florida and always had really fresh produce, um, and, and meat as well to, to use to cook with. So wow, spent a lot of time with my mother in the kitchen and yeah, it just turned into a real passion and I decided to make a career out of it. So you live lived in Florida. Tell yeah. us about your time in Florida and how you came up to Maine. Sure. So uh, quite the journey to get to Maine. Uh, born born in Florida, uh, stayed there until I was 12 and then actually moved to New Hampshire, Southern New Hampshire um, with my mom and my brother. My mom's side of the family is 
from New Hampshire. So went to high school there and then ended up in Boston for music school. Music was my first career. And again, kind of like cooked and entertained along the way. Like when I was in high school, I was always in drama club, uh, acapella. And whenever we would have like, you know, team building events, if you will, or cast parties, I was always the one that was making treats and food and it certainly continued into into college when we were at music school, like poor college musicians um, <laughs> trying to do little potlucks and things. I would always be like, you know what? I got this, guys. I'm going to take my paycheck from the week and uh, make a big spread of food. So, And then what made you come to Maine? Yeah. So um, when I was in the Boston area after I had left um, Berkeley, um, I went back to school for culinary pastry specific, uh, studied under, under one of the only classic French pastry chefs in, in the New England area. And actually I believe even in the East coast at the time and really wanted to kind of perfect that like European pastry, but had always loved making cakes. So I opened a cake shop in the uh, greater Boston area. Mm. It was a, a, pretty big success, but was longing to be closer to family. So I decided to move up to Maine, started another business when I moved up here because I love the hustle. And yeah, that kind of took me through to COVID. And I mean, I'll never leave Maine. I love it here. Uh, Very much in love with the food scene here and the people who are (laughs) involved in the food scene here. Oh yeah. Um, I would say it's it's different from from Boston, very cutthroat competitive in a way down there. Everyone up here that's in food just wants to help each other and see each other succeed. So that speaks to me. I'm I'm all about that kind of community thing. Yeah. So um, it was a very warm welcome when I, you know, moved up here from Massachusetts and wanted to do my little food cart. And it's continued into the cannabis space. Um, everyone that I've kind of encountered so far has been lovely. So that's great. I feel very fortunate. Yeah, it sounds aspect. like it. Yeah. You know, I love the main community and I feel like Main across the board, whether you're in food and beverage or makers or like handcrafted things, the community is very essential piece to it. And it really is. It's really nice that you touched on how Boston kind of was a little bit more competitive scene when it came to your line of work. And so tell us a little bit about your career specifically in Boston. So you had your own bakery down there or you worked at a bakery down there? I had my own bakery. Wow. I was, um, I kind of came up in the Boston restaurant scene. Um, I worked for a Jody Adams restaurant trade, which is in the financial district. Hmm. That was my first pastry job um, out of culinary school. And from there went on to work at a Northern Italian steakhouse. Um, and I, I loved it, but again, it's like this, this weird kind of cutthroat feeling um, where, you know, it, I was a pastry chef, right? So other pastry chefs, um, you should be working together to collaborate and create these beautiful, amazing things. And it just, it never felt like that. It seemed like it was a who can get ahead first kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't work very well that way. I really like to kind of be with a team and we build each other up and, um, you know, especially through the food that we're, we're creating and eating. So, right. um, I decided I wanted to get out of that. Um, especially I have a daughter who was younger at the time and hours and hours and long evenings spent in a restaurant. I was like, you know yeah. what? I want to open a bakery where my daughter can get off the bus after school and come hang and, That's awesome. you know, sit at the counter with me. Um, so I did, I opened, uh, first location, very close to my my home on the North Shore of Boston. Um, we sold mostly wedding cakes. We did have wow. uh, retail retail space too, where we were selling fresh pastry. We were doing some breads, 
And it was, it was very well received by the community, but I will say that part of Boston is like very Italian pastry specific. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to do a lot of very modern kind of like pushing, pushing the boundaries of, of food and pastry. So unique flavors. And it was, it was well received um, for sure. And I built up a great clientele, but for me, it was like, okay, I got to start thinking of the future and you know, where food is going. Mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about creating new, weird, funky things. Yeah. And um that's when the main piece kind of came to play. And uh, I knew the food cart scene was really big up here. Right. I liked the idea of having like a traveling mini storefront, if you will. The brick and mortar thing yeah. is is really tough. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just overhead and labor and all of yeah. that. And um, the the thought of being able to kind of have something on wheels where you could set up outdoors at a brewery. And in a community of of foodies that love weird, creative, edge pushing things, if you will. Right. So, yeah, I decided to sell the cake shop and um, was commuting up here on the weekends. Got outfitted this tiny little push cart and uh, started working over at Fork Food Lab, which oh, is yeah. a yeah collab space. Mm-hmm. And they really helped me actually build up what became a very quick hit, if you will. Um, gosh, like I think two or three months into my first season up here. Yeah. I was selling out, uh, every, every Saturday and Sunday, pretty much I would sell out within a couple of hours. Um, Instagram for sure was a big piece of it as well. People love the social media piece. So, oh yeah. Um, and what was the, what's the name of your business that was up here in Maine? Sugar, sugar. Oh, nice. Yes. It's right. I do remember that because I followed you on Instagram before I met you with, with pot and pan. Wow. That's, so what was your focus like in regards to your offerings with your cart? I mean, the cart in and of itself is such a cool business model of incorporating. It's kind of like a food truck, if you will, but a little, yes. a little different. Yeah. Yeah. The cart um, requires a lot more manual labor, <laughs> if you will. I, um, I had a Jeep at the time, a Grand Cherokee, and I you know, had to load up all my product, but also had to lift up the cart and umbrella into the back of my car. Oh so my gosh. I'm sure um, people thought I was crazy sometimes <laughs> where you're rushing to get a spot on the Eastern prom. And uh, yeah, in my, in my, you know, sundress that I would wear cause it was warm pulling out this like 125 pound cart out oh of the back of my, my car. Oh my goodness. But you know, it was, a, it was a really great learning experience and I would do it all over again. Yeah. Um, the people who came out to the cart were always so lovely, but um yeah, French macarons, that that kind of became my my it thing. They were definitely still a trend in the Boston area uh, when I had the cake shop and mm-hmm. what people kind of knew us for down there outside of wedding cakes. Right. But Maine didn't really have a source for good macarons outside of going to like a grocery store in the freezer, mm-hmm. freezer section. So um, I kind of made that my baby and I started adding a couple of other things. Cookie sandwiches were another item Ooh. that I sold, but... Yeah. French macarons with a twist. I was doing all sorts of weird flavors and I would do drops on, you know, Thursday and little teasers on social media and, um, people would start sharing and then would wait for me wherever I was setting up um, and just kind of like very patiently and politely wait until I was set up and then start buying all sorts of things. So, Oh my goodness. It was really cool and a nice, um, a nice transition out, out of being like stuck in a bakery for 
seven days a week, 14 to 16 hour days. Right. You're outside socializing That's amazing. with lovely people and yeah. they are loving what you're selling. So right. They was, appreciate your what you're putting on that cart, bring it to the table, literally yeah. like outside. It's awesome. It was really cool. And I think, um, again, Maine people, Maine are full of foodies, right? So people in Maine have this appreciation for things that take time and effort and love and yeah. um, macarons, a few are or are not familiar with them. They really are a labor of love. It is a very unique process to make them and to make them well. Um, I can only imagine. I mean, I see it and I'm just like, how? (laughs) How do you do this? (laughs) They are so funny. They are the cutest little treat. I love them. I still love them. I thought I would get sick of them, but I am still obsessed with them after all of these years. Um, But yeah, people really just appreciate like the thought that goes into that. And um, I, as a pastry chef, appreciate that people appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I really try to approach everything I make with thought and, um, love because that's what it's all about. We're trying to make people feel good and have these memorable experiences when they're eating the food. So oh, I love that. Yeah. Is that been sort of your mantra throughout your entire career or even like when you started at a young age, like baking and making food, is that like really a passion of yours, this mantra? Because I feel like it is a mantra. It is sort of like a vision statement for you. 1000%. Um, I feel like food speaks to me because of the way it makes other people feel and the, the way yeah. I feel knowing that people are getting such joy out of what I create. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would get those feelings even at a young age, like making food with my mom, silly things like boxed cake, right? Or like boxed brownies. You're making it for, I don't know, people who are coming over to hang out and help out on the farm or, you know, at the lake making a a blueberry pie with my grandmother and knowing that everyone in the cove is going to enjoy this. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, I just love people making people happy. And uh, food is a great way to do that for sure, like across the board. And not even just with sweets. I do a lot of savory cooking as well. And, I just find like memories that people hold on to more often than not are around things like food and, and music and love. So right. I love it. It's great. That's great. <laughs> Gosh, I want to go to a party with you, man. I know you just sound like you're so positive, upbeat, and you like bring so much to the table, not just with your food, but your spirit. You. And you know, this kind of leads me into pot and pan. How did you wind up being here and being the forward facing chef? Because you are the best face to have it, to be a part of this brand, really. I mean, you, you are the big differentiator when it comes to the cannabis edible scene. So like, tell me how you got into this. So it's funny. Um, I was still very heavily in sugar, sugar mode, mm-hmm. um, leading up to COVID. Yeah. And my daughter was getting older at this point, and I felt a little bit more of a need to be home with her uh, more often and have a more consistent schedule, which I wasn't getting with the cart. And, um, you know, still loving what I did, but needing to kind of have a greater purpose in what I was doing. So um, Pot and Pan had posted an ad online that they were looking for a baker And I was like, you know what? I'm very passionate about the cannabis space, something that, you know, is, is medicinal and helps people. And I love Mm -hmm. helping people. Yes. So I had reached out and said, Hey, this is what I can do. I think I can offer this to you all. Yeah. Um, And yeah, they went for it. Uh, Carrie John, who's one of the owners actually had already known about Sugar Sugar and was a fan. So 
they tell me they were very excited when I, <laughs> when my resume came through. I think they meant it. Um, and yeah, I was just so thrilled to have the opportunity. And it, it really kind of created this new challenge for me food-wise. Because, I'm sure. you know, cannabis is is a medicine, but it's, it's really just an ingredient. And I call it my like little secret ingredient um, because that's, that's all it is. So I'm still creating food that I love and with, you know, purpose and thought. Um, but I'm having, the, I have this little extra secret ingredient that makes you feel good. Right. And uh, that's, that's really what we're, we're all about here. So anytime I'm planning menus, cannabis menus, I approach it like I would if there was no cannabis. Um, wow, that's so interesting. It's it's really cool. Honestly, yeah. I feel like I've finally found where I have been meant to be this whole time. I'm so grateful it. for um, the journey that has brought me here. But right. now I'm like, I'm really in it. And I'm loving all of the people that I'm meeting as a result of being a part of this business. That's great. Um, and being able to be the forward-facing person. Like yeah. it really plays into what I did as a musician and a performer earlier on in my right, career. And like, right. this is a marriage of all the things that I love. That's so it's, awesome. It's great. Well, you're the perfect person for it. I feel like, um, one thing that I'm dying to know about is I know you guys just launched a, um, creation of products, which are so lovely, lots of inspiration behind it. But like, how did you go about that process when you're going and thinking, all right, I'm creating an edible and I want it to be delicious and yummy. And I'm also going to think of the particular flavors that people enjoy, but I want to make it diverse. I'm sure there's all these things going through your head. So I want to hear from you as to like, what was that process going into this first collection of products that you came up with? Sure. So for me, again, when menu planning, I love a good theme and I find uh, to be able to keep cohesion with uh, whether it's like a tasting menu for a dinner, a dinner, excuse me, or I don't know, a catering spread for a dessert bar for a wedding, mm-hmm. right? I try to think of a couple different things. Is it visually and aesthetically pleasing? Is it kind of checking boxes of contrasting texture, colors? Mm-hmm. Um, and then does it taste amazing? Because at the end of the day, it should be delicious, right? So when thinking of pot and pan, I, you know, we are very much like a I like to call it like a modern, vintage, nostalgic kind of brand. Yeah. And um, I knew I wanted to do something that really spoke to that, but still had like an elevated modern twist to it. So Mm. um, we came up with the idea of doing this kind of like nod to a diner and diner counter treats. Right. Something I love whenever I travel, I love to like hit up the tiny little diner car that, you know, people are talking about online. Yeah. Um, you sometimes have to wait for hours to get mm-hmm. in. You got to order a piece of cake or pie right. from there because <laughs> it's going to be the best thing on their menu. Yep. And um, yeah, it just kind of started building from there. So we have our chocolate bars, which are inspired by diner cakes. Wow. Um, and then we have our gummy line, which uh, for launch was inspired by mocktails. So drinks that you might get late night, um, at a diner Mm -hmm. or at like a soda fountain. Yeah. Um, and it, it just kind of went from there. And again, it's like the chocolate bars have very contrasting flavors, but Mm -hmm. they also work very well together Right, come in a variety of, of doses as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and in, in the AU market, you know, you're limited by what you can do from that perspective. Right. Um, but we tried to make it very cohesive and things that people would remember people like things that people would want to share with others. Um, I'm all about the entertaining piece of, of everything <laughs> food related. So yeah. for me, it's like 
what would I want to share with, um, I don't know, an aunt who maybe has not indulged in cannabis before or has had a bad experience with cannabis? Yeah. Um, for me, it's the lemon bun bar. It's so delicious. It mm. has that little mini edition of uh, THC in it in a very right. small, light dose. So a great approachable dose for a first timer. Yeah. And yeah, we're really finding like the feedback we've gotten so far has been just that people are sharing these and enjoying them like with friends or like with girlfriends when they're going out or having a night in. Um, And that just, it makes me so happy because people are wanting more and really excited to see what we're coming up with next. That's great. And have you found as the community aspect of it, like, you know, I'm brand new into the cannabis world. I'm not going to lie. And you know, at first when I had tried an edible for the very first time, I was like, okay, like I need to find a safe space to do it. Like, you know, have you found that people reaching out to you and first trying this out and like want to learn more about what environment they need to be in or just like, you know, just being kind of cautious, I guess, in the process. Yeah. One thing I will say, um, a lot of people are curious, but still haven't kind of hit the point where they're ready to try. Right. So one thing that I'm super passionate about, excuse me, one thing I'm super passionate about, and I'm hoping to really build upon is like Mm -hmm. a little bit of this educational piece. I'm, I'm a mom, right. So for many years I've been like kind of a closet consumer in very Mm -hmm. small doses. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's certainly always been a stigma around the cannabis piece and I'm trying to encourage people to not worry about that piece of it. We have a really elevated approachable product. Right. Right. Um, but for sure there, there is a piece of like, you know, what are, what's the dream scenario to be able to try edibles yeah. um, or cannabis in general for the first time. For yeah. me, it's like a place that you're comfortable and and happy and you know, um, like a safe space, you know, mm-hmm. you'll feel safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's also making sure, you know, you haven't had a couple glasses of wine Um, you haven't been, I don't know, baking in the sun all day and you're dehydrated. There's a lot of little pieces that will play into how cannabis affects you. So I'm really hoping to, as the the forward facing person of pot and pan, kind of bring all of that to light, uh, with little videos and and tips and tricks that I've kind of come up with and and I've used and um, have found have worked for me as somebody who is very much a microdoser. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I feel I'm a mom of two. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, just getting into this and I tried my edible for the first time and, you know, I waited till my kids fell asleep and I felt great. Like it was a good experience. I think I was well educated because of you and Dunya and KJ as a part of the pot and pan team. And I don't know if I would have necessarily tried if it wasn't for you guys. So it's like you guys are really starting something very unique in this space because I, whenever I, I, this is the first time I ever walked into a cannabis store too. Last week I went to Portland, went to seaweed okay. and I purchased some pot and pan products awesome. and you know, it, I didn't know what to do walking in there. Like I was like, whoa, like you only have to bring cash with you to purchase the products and all this stuff. And it was such a process. And I'm like, I wish that there was a way for folks to like kind of help in walking through those steps. So you guys are really, really starting to that education process. So props to you because I feel like there's a lot of other people like myself and like you when you were at the beginning stages of all this, you know, and just like really coaching people how to do it in a safe space. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Now, when you also go into the particular inspiring recipes, um, it sounds like you're playing around with like very innovative practices, probably from what you learned when you're in school or in your culinary, you know, courses and expertise, but 
Do you ever go back in time to recipes that maybe you did with your mom or like family and you bring them to life? I'm just so curious because I love just that homey feel and like back in the day, like as a kid being like, oh, I had some cute little recipes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. 100%. So um, we have many more products that you will see launching over the next couple of months. And uh, I'm not going to say too much right now. (laughs) I'm not going to let it all out of the bag, but um, there are definitely a couple things that are on the horizon that are very much inspired by recipes that I loved young as a younger child. Oh, wow. Um, And, and, you know, the process of, of making these kind of come to life as an edible, it was literally like let me make these things as they are as food. Yeah. And then if people love how they taste as food, they're going to love them in an edible form. Right. If you will. Right. Um, even even with the diner, like our launch products, you know, we we made the black forest cake and we let people try the black forest cake. Oh my gosh. We made the lemon bunt cake and everyone dug in and was like, okay, I could see this as a chocolate bar. Right. Um, so it's it's really taking that approach too, um, and really thinking about the food we pride ourselves on being a food first edible company Yeah, um, where there are so many companies out on the market right now with products that um, are essentially just trying to like get people really high. We're like, we want you to enjoy this as a food experience. Yeah. And there's a little THC that's going to make you feel all warm and fuzzy. Right. Right. That's a good balance. And I feel like, um, What's also really unique too, when I was at the seaweed store uh, last week was that I believe a couple of employees, there were like, oh yeah, we tried, I think it was the chocolate peanut butter bar. Yeah. Um, and it was without the THC because you guys gave them samples. Yeah. I feel like that's probably very unheard of when it comes to working with your distributors and like coming, like providing that option to them and being yes. like, okay, we are food first. Here's some samples without the THC. Like right. what a cool concept that you guys have created thus far. And you guys only launched last week. I know it feels like it was months ago. I'll be honest. We're yeah. all feeling that way now. You guys are working so hard. Like so hard. It's, so it's not, I know it's not just you. There's others that are part of your team too, right? Yes. So how big like is your, are your, your staff? Oh my gosh. We have, and there's so, so many people involved, even right. just creatively, right. That have yeah. made all of this come to life. But here um, in our manufacturing facility. Gosh, we have seven, soon to be eight people who work on the floor. Wow. And then we have, you know, our director of HR, Melissa, we've got Dunya and KJ who are like in the thick of all the marketing and the, the big kind of higher up stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm really, I sit in production, but I'm really kind of off the floor now doing fun stuff like this and right. also a lot of product development and, um, kind of deciding what's to come. Um, Chris and Andrew, who are two other owners and, um, gosh, yeah, we're, we're a growing team. Even since I started a couple of years ago, we've, we've grown substantially, but it really does. It takes a village to make something like this come to life and we'll be be adding more people as we go. So it's, it's very exciting. It's an exciting time. Oh my gosh. And what would you say is your favorite product in the current line that just launched? Oh my gosh. That's so tough. I would say... I'm going to give you a couple. (laughs) That's fine. So in chocolate, the chocolate bar lineup, the lemon bunt bar for sure. I haven't tried that, but you and Dunia have said that to me a couple of times and I'm like, all right, I need to try this. (laughs) It's just, it's so funny, right? So, um, I don't love chocolate. I'm very unpopular opinion as a pastry chef. I am not a chocolate person for me. I love like very vanilla, caramelly, citrusy desserts, which is how this lemon bunt bar was kind of born. I wanted to create my own like custom blend of flavored chocolate. 
And that's exactly what it is. So we make the blend here in house with um, natural lemon oil Mm -hmm. and it has specks of vanilla bean in the bar too. It's this beautiful, like sunshiny yellow color. And then you get some crunch on the bar um, from these little white chocolate pearls. And it's funny because it's, it's chocolate, right? Right. But it has this beautiful butteriness about it. I swear to God, when I shut my eyes and I eat it, I feel like I'm eating cake. <laughs> um, it's it's so delicious. It's very, very dimensional for, for a chocolate bar. Right. And again, like you just don't see a lot of that out on the market right now. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm really trying to just do a bunch of unique, different things that take you on a roller coaster ride every, yeah. with every bite. That's awesome. Um, I'll say from the gummy line too, we have our sour peach. And that's a really close second with the lemon bun. It is so delicious and juicy and it's like the right amount of sour and sweet. And it's just beautiful. It looks like a little sparkly gemstone. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. Man. Well, I um I love seeing the photos and you guys, I will definitely share some of these on my website. But what the inspiring recipes that stemmed from these products, I mean, they look so good. I'm Thank like, you. oh my gosh, like I can imagine this like recipe, this like mocktail curation, like in this gummy, or I can see this bunt cake in this. It's just such a nice visual component to it. Yeah. And it shows that like you have truly created this, you know, kind of strategy or just this creative mindset of being like, all right, like we're going to incorporate this food into this like lovely piece of gummy or chocolate. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that, that, what a process. It is a process (laughs) for sure. And I will say it's, it's so funny. Um, KJ Dunya and I really collaborate on kind of the, the marketing piece Mm -hmm. and the photo shoots and, you know, all of that collateral that comes with launching a product. Right. Right. And, And we're taking a really different approach. Um, Dunya comes from the fashion world. So yeah. I think having that as well has really helped us kind of approach things differently. We were doing these crazy photo shoots. I'm the model, um, <laughs> which is hilarious which is awesome. and so cool. Yeah, I feel so <laughs> grateful. But the three of us, like we've really, we work so well together creatively. Um, and we're trying again to take this unique approach to cannabis where moms and people who are curious will feel like it's approachable and easy and comfortable. Um, and not having to go into like a store where it's a bunch of, for lack of better term, like stoners who might judge you if you're only in there trying to buy like a five milligram gummy as opposed to a hundred milligram gummy. Um, we are trying to be approachable and say like, Hey, you can trust us. Like our products are accurately dosed always they're delicious and you know that you will have a consistent experience right. every time you enjoy our products. And our, awesome. our branding is really cool too. Yeah, so, it is. Um, very shareable. <laughs> like we just, yeah, I think we're creating something really fun and different that no one is doing in cannabis right now. Right. So it's, it feels exciting. It feels it feels a little scary at times because we're like, wait a second, are people going to see this vision like we do? And now right. that we've launched people, the feedback has been great. So we're like, good. all right. We're in there. People are getting there already yeah. there, People which is good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, where do you source your ingredients that go into those uh, edibles? Like, I'm just yeah. curious, like how that's even done. <laughs> sure. So, um, from the like food ingredient perspective, uh, we're always trying to use like the finest ingredients we can. So, uh, nice. Belgian chocolate in most cases yeah. for our current, current product lineup. 
we do some more um, like specific chocolate, specific chocolates that we will be using for products to come. Nice. Um, we definitely try and shop local as well and buy local when we can. Great. We're not doing a ton right now with um, fresh food items, if you will. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a little a little harder. But when we do sure. when we do events, for sure, it's like okay, if I'm going to be making, I don't know, a brunch for these local people, um, I'm trying to hit all the local farms to, to yeah. source dairy. Right. Um, it's something that's very important to me. And again, we're so spoiled in Maine. We have oh yeah so much so great much. food. Yes, we do. So we're we're very lucky. Yeah. Um and, and from the cannabis perspective, we we work with um a lot of clients to source like strain specific things at times. Oh, nice. Um which is very popular right now. Yeah. And people are excited about. So good. Yeah, we really just we try to use our network and our community to get whatever we can local right. and always making sure that we're we're picking the top quality stuff. Yeah, I get it. It's important. Oh yeah, for sure. And you do all of your manufacturing here in Maine. Yes. Yep. Everything wow. right here in, in this beautiful facility on beer alley right right beer, i know beer alley i know what a, like i said what a cool spot man it'd be cool if you had pop-ups so i will say we are toying around with some really fun ideas oh, to get the the brewery crowd over yes. here um we're of course limited in what we can do of course from a cannabis perspective but uh Let's just say the sugar sugar cart may be making an oh, appearance oh, with man. a pot and pan little sticker on it. Oh, so. I love it. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, yes. You guys, we need to keep an eye on that. That would be awesome. Yes. I will totally show up. I'll be waiting and <laughs> yeah, twiddling my totally. thumbs until you come out here. <laughs> with some delicious treats. I know. Gosh. Um, where do you see you, your brand, pot and pan in the next like five years? What are you hoping for? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, Definitely hoping to just blow this thing out of the water. Um, we are the leader of edibles in Maine. I hope that will kind of transcend into other states eventually. You know, I am thrilled to be a part of this team. I'm so excited to see what the future brings here with Pot and Pan. Um, we have a lot of really fun things planned even over the next year. So yeah. I can only imagine what will come in five. Right. Um, oh, yeah. It's just gonna, more and more fun. Yeah, more fun. <laughs> it's It's such a great place to be. It's such a great time to just be in cannabis and food right? Um, in Maine. So I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens, but the sky's the limit and we've got, we've got big dreams and big goals Good. that we're definitely going to hit. So that's awesome. Yeah. And lastly, and I think you touched on this earlier, but if you want to expand on it, um, is why Maine, why live in the state personally? And also why have this brand here in Maine? Oh gosh, such a good question. Um, so for me personally, Maine is this beautiful marriage of like all the things that I've always wanted in a home. Um, it's a community that cares um, very deeply about its members. Yeah. Um, and it's just the quality of life is so lovely. It's, um, gosh, I've got chills just thinking about it. Something oh. that I was looking for for so long that I was not getting in Massachusetts. And like whenever I crossed the bridge when I was coming up on the weekends down in Kittery, it was like all the weight was lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> and now I get to feel that all the time. Um, it's this wonderful blend of the mountains and the ocean and a little bit city and a lot of country. And, um, yeah, I just, I love it here and I love the people and, um, you know, having a business in Maine too, I genuinely feel that 
people want businesses to succeed. Yeah. Um, and the cannabis community for sure. Like everyone's just helping each other out when they can. And it's, it's a good feeling that I don't think you get anywhere else. I haven't seen it. I really haven't again in food or in cannabis. It's like people just want everyone to do well and will, will give you the shirt off their back to make sure that that happens. So it's, it's lovely. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Gosh, it's just amazing to hear how excited you are and how others are excited for this. I know in trying the, I think it was the key lime bundt cake edible. Yeah. It was amazing. Thank you. And I cannot wait to try more because I know that was just like the first of many. I'm just trying to get get to uh, extend my palate a little bit when it comes to the edibles and the THC portion of it. But I feel like you guys are creating something not only that is beautiful and well-crafted and delicious, but then also you are educating and really just honing in on an audience that's completely new to the cannabis industry. And I think that tells a lot, especially in the state of Maine, where they're growing that industry. So thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being a part of this lovely brand. Um, and you know, I can't wait to continue to tell your story to others. And then also at the same time, I want to do another interview with you in the next year or so to find yeah. out what else is new. So we'll have to schedule that. Sounds great to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Makers of the USA main series. And thank you to Tara for being on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about her craft and to purchase pot and pan edibles, I will link their website and social media handles in the notes section of the podcast. Also, please follow the Makers of the USA on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to see visuals of these wonderful makers that are part of this series. If you've enjoyed this podcast series thus far, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. Thank you all again and stay safe and healthy.